It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where our Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give you sort of the grace and space to do that. It is time for Faith and Life to once again connect here on Rise FM, and we're on the podcast network as well at risefmohio.com. I'm Scott here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. I call him the king of the cranium uh, because, well, he cracks the cranium open and can share wisdom with us. And today we're going to wrap up a conversation we started last week about how to become the next Tom Russell. Yes. And the idea is that maybe you've you've heard the session you're like you know i'd like to do that for a living what happened to how would i become a christian counselor like tom so you can catch up on the details of that conversation on the podcast network at risefmohio.com and today i want to wrap this conversation up but i want to kind of just do uh real quick snippet reviews things okay just real highlight highlighty things but first of all let's take our trip into god's word Tom. yeah and scott as we always do psalm 32 verse 8 is a great verse about trying to find our vision and our will our god said i will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go so when we call upon him and we ask him and we say lord your will be done not mine he's very open to that and our god does speak it I will counsel you with my eye upon you, which is wonderful. And then also in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul writes, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. That passage was really important to me, Scott. Before I became a a counselor, I, I really am fascinated by that, that we can be different and we can change based on the Holy Spirit in us, and that we can grow and learn, and we have so many role models and so much scripture that we can ingest and become closer and more Christ-like. As we dive into this, Tom, I'm not going. I don't want to totally rerun through last time's right. program. You can listen to it in its entirety, but I want to just kind of get kind of some short one or two sentence answers from you as we okay. kind of just reset the table again that's a challenge oh <laughs> uh, yeah well you know we'll do what we can all right so what kind of personality should a christian counselor have there's the lion the beaver the otter and the and the golden retriever all of those are important and all of them would just put you in a different part of counseling okay should you be married the answer to that is if you want to do marriage counseling, I think it's very helpful. If you want to treat, you're fresh out of college and, and you really have a passion for, for children who may have uh, been lost in life in some way or another, needed guidance, you're going to do well. You don't have to be. Okay. What education do you need? How far do you need to go? We have to have a master's degree. Okay. Um, what kind of licensure? What is the, there's two things I remember you mentioned last time, something by getting another C. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, you start out with a licensed professional counselor 
And then as you get enough hours and you've been supervised for enough hours, I want to say I think it's 3,000 hours, but it's been a long time. Pretty sure that's accurate. Then you can become an LPCC. You get your second C. Okay. Is it better to work for somebody else or to go off on your own like you did? Well, it depends on what your drive and your passion is. And, and what I would encourage those who are thinking about it to do, what I did when, when before I became a counselor was I interviewed a number of different counselors. I picked their brain and, and found out exactly what I wanted. Well, I knew I did not want the community mental health model. I wanted private practice. And so that was always my focus. Okay. Now we can put away the quickies. Let's just dive right into a couple oh. of things I hope are a lot of fun for you. Oh, awesome. At least to start. You know me. I <laughs> just, well, you're an otter, right? A party <laughs> waiting to happen. So what is it that has brought Tom Russell the greatest joy at Heritage? A number of things. In my career, at least twice that I can readily remember, the discussion with a husband and wife in my office about the discussion centering on whether or not they should have another child. One of them really wanted it, and the other one wasn't sure. Well, the discussion, as they came to a conclusion, they decided they were going to have another child. There are two children today who are alive because of that conversation and because of our work and helping them hear each other. And I see that person and it's a blessing. And in fact, one of the uh, sets of parents who still live in the area, every time we're together, it's like a celebration when they, they are so thankful for their child. That's incredible. And that would be the before teenage years and after teenage years. Yeah, During the teenage right. years, why did we let him talk us into this? <laughs> well, that's right. I may be hearing from them in a few years. Oh, yeah. I'll change my <laughs> phone number. <laughs> so what, what else has brought you great joy? Always in my professional career, Scott, and in this year, we're talking about between teaching and counseling, my professional life. I'm on my 40th year. And so I would say what really brings joy, even when I was a teacher, I wanted to make a significant difference in people's lives. Well, as a teacher, that happened because I was able to impact the teaching that took place. So now, as we look at that in counseling, making a significant difference is so incredible to hear about stories and, and, and to hear people who send me Christmas cards and, and uh, thank you cards and for using terms like for investing and pouring your life into ours and giving us the, the tools that we needed to go forward. Those kinds of things are absolutely what brings joy. To hear a family is together today because of what has happened at Heritage and, and that a marriage has been saved and that children are healthier because their parents are together. Those are incredible joys that I am so thankful for. I praise our God for those. Now let's take the flip side. Okay. Because there's a flip side. There are two sides to every coin. Oh, there is. There's the head and then there's the tail. Yeah. <laughs> and let's face it, the tail stinks just a little bit more than the head. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> what, what have been the biggest challenges for you at Heritage? Scott, for one, basically insurance companies. They have been an ongoing, shall we say, source of pain. <laughs> <laughs> an ongoing challenge. Yes. Early on in my career, 
before the fair pay laws came into, into being, at that time, I was doing it all from the time they walked into the door until the time they left and everything in between, which included scheduling and included insurance companies. Insurance companies would not tell you what they wanted, but they would deny payment because they found some loophole somewhere. I'm and Honestly, it really was like that. I remember waiting on a check that was several hundred dollars from an insurance company, and they said, well, we sent it. Okay, where did you send it? This is exactly what they told me. To anywhere, Ohio, zip XXXX. That's what it was. It never came to us. That was the default address on the computer that they had never changed. So we would, those challenges, if I don't chase it down, we never see that money. Wow. There, there were times when they suddenly changed their policy, but they didn't tell us. Yeah, yeah. Until we saw, we figured it out. It was like a mystery. We've got thousands of dollars that are out there that are not coming in, and we don't know why, and we have to figure it out. Those are the challenges at times that are very difficult. I do want to say in more recent years, the fair pay laws and the insurance companies have so many days that they have to make payment. That's helped. I I think early on in counseling world, as I understand it, there were counselors or practices that took advantage, meaning what they did was they might gouge an insurance company and bill for, you know, aggressively in ways that were not appropriate. And insurance companies got tired of that and they began to tighten the screws on what took place, but then they pushed it too far. And so the fair pay laws or the quick pay laws have really been um, a good thing. We're talking today about how you can be the next Tom Russell here on the session. And I want to get a little bit more detailed here with kind of the final part of the conversation. I'm guessing that, that social media has done a lot to drive patients to counselors around the world. Yeah. But I'm kind of, I wanted to ask you the role that the rise in social media has had, or just the media in general has had on our young people and on our families and what you've seen come into heritage. If we start with how it's impacted children, as an example, in previous shows, we have talked about there's peer pressure, but I really like the term peer priority because their peers are a priority to them. What they think, what their peers think, oftentimes trumps whatever mom and dad are thinking. And that's sad, but it's true. So on social media, it's, a, it's very easy to communicate and they are readily able to get a worldview and shape a worldview that what, what are other peers my age doing? Well, if other people are doing it, then I should be doing it too. And mom and dad, I'm tuning you out basically what's happened. So social media has impacted their worldview in a way that is really in a large part not healthy. In saying that, wouldn't it be awesome if social media could be a way to help lead our young people to Christ and to shape their lives in a way that would be meaningful and productive and healthy? That would be awesome. That would be amazing. Have you seen an uptick in recent years, especially since COVID, Uh of young people that are needing counseling now because of depression related to 
what they've seen and had said about them on social media? Well, to a degree, I, I think that is is happening. And I think I've seen a, a number in my office where that was the case. And, and so it becomes a situation where we really have to, to be aware and how can we help them? How can we help them see that there's healthier views and, and things to think about than what you're hearing from and then treating cyberbullying as an example. Right. That's a horrible thing. And it's so easy to happen. And people are, that are doing the bullying feel empowered because the person's not right there in front of them and they feel like they can say whatever they want. And that, that really creates damage. And and that's the kind of thing, too, that, you know, you do it in 120 characters and you can walk away. Or right. you know what you say is going to disappear in 24 hours so there's no trail yeah. leading back to you. This is the bully. It, there we are, yeah. So then when we begin to look at how have screens impacted the family, well, Scott, I really believe it's it has given the family one of the biggest challenges that they have faced because – when do you start out a child on like having their own cell phone? What about an iPad or a notebook, the electronic notebook? Those kinds of things are play a, a big part. And, and so once that peer pressure has been connected and it's a, a priority for the parents to begin to say, whoa, wait a minute, we're not liking what's going on here. It's actually very challenging and difficult for that to happen and by that time it might actually be too late yeah in, in some ways it, it is because that worldview is being set in a way that is frightening and so that's where before parents make a decision about a cell phone or a screen they are the ones who are empowered at that time one thought is if they are going to get their child a cell phone they tell the child this is my cell phone, and I am going to let you borrow it as long as you take care of it and don't abuse it. So see, now it's not really theirs because that's where some of the battleground comes into play is the child said, well, you gave it to me, it's mine, I can do what I want with it. So we take that right out of play from the beginning. Nice idea. Another thought too is that we put as much safeguards as we can on it. Now, believe it or not, the sad part or scary part about that is where do we as adults mostly get our information or understanding of technology? From our phones. And our children. Uh, yeah, that too. Now, yeah. how do you feel about parental tracking devices on their kids' phones, like especially in teenage years where you can see where they're going? Well, great question. That is basically a trust issue. And if there's a trust issue there, then yeah, maybe there's a place for it. Ultimately, if that is an issue, then here we raise the question of should they- Even have it in the first place? Yeah, and, or have the freedom to be out where that their decision-making isn't right. Trust is so huge. There's a direct link between trust, responsibility, and freedom. The more trust, the more responsibility, the more the freedom you get. You're not being responsible. Your ability to respond isn't good. It impacts trust, and your freedom is going to be impacted by it. Now, if they have that understanding, 
they have to demonstrate. And I think that's important. We want to trust our children. There are times when I, I probably should have been maybe a little bit more wide-eyed and open to what might have happened with some of ours. But I, th- I think overall, I, we're, we are very well-pleased. Well, we want, we want to be proud of our kids. We want our kids to be good kids. And we want to think that they are because we think they've listened to us. Right. They've learned from us. Mm-hmm. And you know, we don't want to think, oh, did you really do that? Are you really? Oh, and then you got to deal with it is the other thing. Yeah, that's true. And that's, that's difficult at times. Adolescence is a time where we want them to have freedom, but also the way we should be looking at that is our children's ability to respond and can we trust it? And if we can't trust it, then their freedom can and should be impacted. The children don't like that, but that gets their attention. And the goal would be to get them back to having more freedom based on their performance. Right. What did we get busted for in school? Chewing gum, being late to class, and if we dared to wear jeans. Oh, my. You couldn't wear jeans when I in, mm-hmm. in Battle Creek schools when I came up. Really? Oh, no. You had a dress code. It was it, and it wasn't uniforms, but it was you had to be dressed a certain way. And jeans were just not the way good children dressed in right. the Lakeview school system. Right now, it's right. making sure you don't have a you have too many holes in your jeans. That's true. We we were in Boston with our granddaughter, our twelve year old granddaughter. She had on a pair of jeans that from about a, two or three inches above her knee to probably an inch or two below her knee were all threads. Yeah. And grandma and I are like, well, honey, did you get that at a discount because there's not as much jeans there? <laughs> her mom shook her head like this and said, no, she actually paid, paid more. more. <laughs> yep. Unbelievable. <laughs> think, just think about that. There is somebody at a jean factory somewhere that says, okay, let's take it from here to here. Yeah. Tear the holes in the stuff they just made. Yeah. And we're charging them an extra 15 bucks for that. Exactly. Yeah. And we're saving how much on material? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, that's just, you know, the, the way. But, you know, the, the thing, too, is social media. Are you seeing that impact? I know we've talked about our kids a lot, but is it having a negative effect? Are, are you seeing that in practice with adults as well, that maybe coworkers are using social media in a negative way or even bosses trying to manipulate behavior in their employees? I think they show their attitude in social media. You can count on this person as an example. You get conditioned to see that they're always talking about something negative. Well, you know, what's that really say about them? Well, maybe they're more negative as a, as a person. So, yeah, I think you can see it clearly. But also it comes back on uh, relationships that break up. Oh, look out on social media for uh-huh. what might be said there. You know what? They're going to use that as a platform to be very negative and hurtful to that person. They're hurting out of hurt, as they say. Hurting people hurt people. Now think about that mm-hmm. one a minute. Okay, I'm with you. <laughs> I I, I'm following. Well, folks, he got it. Uh, the dots are connected. Got yeah. it. So we've been talking some the last couple of weeks about you know how you can become a Christian counselor, and I wanted to take that little bit of a dive in in the impact of social media, because that's definitely right driving so much of our kids today, right. and which is driving us as parents nuts. Right. Um, 
But Tom, if someone wants to find out more about being a counselor, right? Where should they go? What kind of places can they go to get information about learning what that's all about? Well, I would look at some of the websites. I graduated from Ashland Seminary. Another one is Liberty University. Now, I know you have talked about the American Association of Christian Counselors. Is that right? Right. right. Very good. Do, do they have an opportunity where you can look up educational or information things there? I am sure that if you did go to them, they would definitely want to help you. Now, if somebody wanted to get more practical and maybe sit down with Tom Russell and say, yeah. Tom, how do I become the next Tom Russell despite yeah. what your wife says? <laughs> <laughs> How can they get a hold of time to chat? Well, I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. 